Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Non-video one today. I apologize about Monday. Uh, I've talked about before. Day job, two kids under five. Sometimes I sit down and just fall asleep. <laughs> it happens, unfortunately. Uh, would do a video one. I will be aiming to do a video one tomorrow. Uh, just timing is not matching up well. I understand that uh, as all of Locked On is moving to video content, all of these podcasts are going to be done by YouTube. I'm dipping my toes in. I'm figuring things out. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, free and available wherever it is that you get podcasts and to rally the Lockdown Guardians listeners because we made 68th last week, back in the top 100 after we'd been out. We dropped to the top 200 one of those weeks. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the Lockdown Guardians team out there, especially at the lockout going on and with us being three days a week. To get all the way up to 68th is fantastic so thank you thank you from the bottom of my heart i i honestly mean that uh if you listen to last week's show hey uh take a moment i'm gonna wednesday is gonna be wednesday uh wrap up i'm going to focus in on college baseball uh, i could talk about it right now there's so many good stories uh to talk about but the big one is uh well not the big one but the fun one uh, you know i sat there and i talked about all the reasons why i was a big fan of oklahoma state and i thought they're a really interesting team and that i thought you know, Vandy's the big name, but Oklahoma State's a team. Oklahoma State knocked <laughs> knocked them out at home, took two out of three. So if you uh, wanted the follow-up to that, that's that. Uh, Mitchell Stone didn't pitch, but just about everyone else I mentioned uh, had some kind of uh, positive impact. Uh, Justin Campbell, who's the one who I said is very much a Guardians type of pitcher, didn't have his best outing and was the one loss in the opener for Oklahoma State. Oh, we talked about that. Should we talk about the CBA? incremental gains you take any gains at this point in time incremental or what any gains are good gains and right now with the cba uh the owners have moved from what five to 20 million they're willing to give and they're willing to expand the lottery to the top four the players want the top eight uh universal dh was a you know incremental give as well um like i said i think we'll see the elimination of draft pick compensation which you know if you listen again to some of the shows from last week when i did like greatest first round picks we talked about the first round in general like how often as a franchise they have given up first round picks and how often they've gained picks they've actually lost more from the comp system than gained from it uh so yeah we're it's still hey you know it's moving towards the center it's not huge ones and they're still not willing to move on the luxury tax and that's a big deal i don't know here's the thing bottom 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 line the more time i spend on this thing just open the books like if if things are as bad as you say, you would show us the books to let us know that it's really not great to be an owner. The fact that you refuse, like, you know, and I'll say this: a few years ago, I did a piece where I took the Braves and the Indians because Braves at the time, I don't think Toronto was, um, you know, one of those teams that was publicly not public publicly traded. So you know, they had to the information on them could get out. It was the Braves, and now it's the Blue Jays as well. But I took the Braves data and I took and multiplied the average um, ticket price to uh, multiplied times attendance uh, and I got a number and then I took the difference in TV contracts and I got a number and when you added those numbers together between the difference in ticket sales just taking average ticket price total uh, times uh, ticket total ticket sold plus the difference in TV contracts that was the exact difference in the uh, Braves and Guardians payrolls so you know I I don't think the Guardians are, you know, necessarily making money hand over fist, but we know if they were really, really losing lots of money as owners, they would show us. The fact that they still will not open up the books 
it's just hard to trust them, right? Like, I mean, I don't want to come out and make it sound bad, but there is that. Uh, minor league spring training will be starting soon. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be about availability. I'm hoping to join in on some of the media um, Zooms to get some more info, uh, reach out to some people and the like. But yeah, uh, we'll as it happens, you know, we'll discuss that as well. And of course, we're going to be heavy on the college side of things when that is really the big thing to discuss. Now, we're not going to do that as much today. Again, tomorrow's show, I'm going to go back, do a video one, set it up, do kind of a, a weekend wrap-up. Tommy Hunter, Lucas Sims, uh, Bryce Hubart, you know, those, those, those are some names that will feature very prominently tomorrow. But for today, let's talk top Let's talk draft. You know, the draft segment's been popular this offseason. It's been some of our highest shows. Uh, we talked about the first round, so let's naturally move to the second. Maybe the most snake-bitten round in Guardians history. Uh, it is a just a bad draft round for the, the Guardians. Uh, in terms of years, they've not had a second-round pick. 2013, 2007 uh, are the recent ones. Uh, let's see in my if we want to expand just out to my lifetime 94 89 and uh yeah that's it those are the years should we talk about those loss of picks so the 2007 was because they signed roberto hernandez from the mets that was after his age 41 season with the mets when he had thrown 20 uh i'm sorry he was with the mets and the pirates that year and he threw 63 innings and he was good in 63 innings he was uh, trash for the Cleveland Indians. He would pitch with them for 26 innings, 20 innings with the Dodgers. That's his age 42 year. But they, again, can you imagine that nowadays? That back in 2007, they gave up a second round draft pick. Uh, and I can make this even worse for you. To sign a 42 year old Roberto Hernandez, I, I do, do you, here is the spoiler. This will hurt your soul when you hear what that pick was between. So just take a second and think about if you want to hurt your soul or not. Okay. So that pick that went to the Mets, they took Scott Movell out of St. Edwards High School in Lakewood, Ohio. So they took a Cleveland kid with the pick. Well, you know, that, that's its one level. How about the fact that one pick before was Giancarlo Stanton and the pick after was Freddie Freeman. Just, just let that sink in. Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, there's not there's nothing to say after you drop a bit of information like that. Uh, it's just hard. Now, the funny thing is they had no pick in 2007 because of that. Uh, 2006, they had four second rounders. They actually had two of them get to the big leagues. Uh, Josh Rodriguez, Matt McBride. Uh, but yeah, they had four second rounders that year. Uh, going down, we talked about, well, um, so there was... 2007, no, 2013 was the other year they did not have a, uh, a second rounder. And that is, of course, because of the, um, that's the year they had the high pick with Clint Frazier. This was in the new system. They went out and forfeited, you know, very high second because of, they signed uh, Bourne and Swishers. They forfeited a pair of high picks. You know, they had the fifth overall pick. Uh, if we fast forward, not fast forward, if we go to that second round, the fifth overall pick in round two was Trevor Williams, who has gone on to a solid career. In that second round, Chad Pinder, who, you know, someone supposedly the uh, Guardians have liked a lot, uh, is up there. In terms of war, though, it's like, in terms of war, of players that could have actually got. Like, the highest-valued guy is Ryan McMahon, and he would have been off the board. Trevor Williams, 
Devin Williams, who it took him a while to get there, the closer for closer room. He's not the closer. He's just a reliever for the Brewers, but a really good one. And then uh, Chad Pinder and then Oscar Mercado is actually the next highest on that list. Oh, that one doesn't hurt quite as bad as the uh, the 20, 2007 one. I had to lead off with that one. That one was just too amazing to not talk about. Let's throw one more in there before we go to break. So 1994 was the next uh, most recent time they did not have a second round pick. I don't think anyone really has an issue with this one. Uh, they didn't have it because they signed Dennis Martinez. They gave up the 10th overall selection, a pretty high pick. Uh, the Expos selected Jason Camilli, a shortstop out of Thunderbird High School in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. In terms of players of positive, just positive war in that round, Kevin Brown, the catcher, I don't really remember him. Mike Darr, an outfielder, had the highest war, went to the Tigers, and Matt LeCroy, who didn't sign but was a, a supplemental second rounder, who was like that catcher who couldn't really catch but had some power but couldn't hit enough. Like I, I do, He's the one who sticks out the most. Uh, the third overall pick in the second round was Troy Gloss, who didn't sign. But I, there was really no one of value or, or high note there. So you look at it, you kind of go, uh, I mean, Jason Camilla, dude was playing until 2003. Good on him. I mean, he he got all the way up to AAA. Uh, the ITSA. He, he, 2003, he went to the Italian Baseball League. You don't see a lot of that. So uh, that's just kind of an interesting trek for him. We're going to take that commercial break. We're going to come back talk about some of these other years they didn't have a second rounder because there's not a ton of them we'll talk about the best picks talk about the worst picks talk about the most expensive picks and more but first a quick word from our sponsors start out by taking a quick tour over at builtbar.com see what is happening if there's anything toffee almond that's a good one that was back in the day toffee almond was my favorite flavor in the built bar version one it was such a good flavor uh, the, when they rebuilt it, rebuilt it, when they've rebranded with the new ones, for the most part, all the bars are great. I still like the old one a little bit better. New one's good. And if, with it returning, I'd highly recommend it. By the time you listen to this podcast, Toffee Almond will be back. On top of the other limited flavors like churro, mint marshmallow, strawberry, banana cream pie, those are still out there. And what I always point out, Caramel Almond Delight, I finished my whole box of that. That is one I enjoyed and ate all of. Eggnog is still out there. I'm someone who likes his eggnog. If you get one of those that are on sale, you can use that promo code LOCKED15 and get double sales. You can double dip on those sales, plus you build up your Built Bar reward points, which then saves you even more. You're getting a fantastic deal if either of those appeal. And if not, there are so many limited flavors I've talked about on the show. Raspberry cheesecake, mint marshmallow, strawberry, lemon dip cheesecake, churro, basically the equivalent of Oreo, ruby chocolate. I could keep going, and I had what I have today. I had a white chocolate cheesecake, and... The last of my uh, Caramel Almond Delights was my lunch today. I'm down to the Bilt Bar Minis. I might be putting in an order soon at BiltBar.com. And when I do, I always use the promo code LOCK15. And you should as well. Save yourself money and get the best tasting, great for you protein bar out there. That is BiltBar.com. And remember that promo code is LOCKED15. RockAuto.com, one of our longest and best sponsors. Why do I love Rock Auto? Because it's easy for someone like me who does not know cars to still be able to sit back and go find the parts, bits, and pieces for your car. And it doesn't have to be something where you're the person who's, uh, you know, you don't have to rebuild your engine. I mean, if you're someone who can do that, great. But you can be like me and know nothing about cars. I can go on there and get filters at a great price. I can get windshield wipers at a great price. 
I can get all sorts of parts for my car at rockauto.com. They you know, cut down on the overhead and pass that savings on to you, the consumer. American-owned company, been in operations for 20-plus years. rockauto.com. And remember, there's always rebates, too, on their website. You can do some savings if you spend some time looking. Remember, though, when you go to rockauto.com and you shop with them in the How'd You Hear About Us box, let them know we sent you. Put Locked On. Put Locked On Guardians. Put Locked On MLB. Some form of Locked On to let them know their advertising money was well spent. You know, sometimes you forget what you talk about, but I think we've talked about the last um, thing in here I see in terms of them uh, giving up a second round pick was when they went out and signed uh, 1980 draft. They signed Jorge Orta from the Chicago White Sox. So the pick went over to the White Sox. And that first year with Cleveland, he was an all-star, 291, 379, 403, 789 OPS. It was a, a solid season for him. 1981, he has a you know, partial gear looks, I would bet, on injury. Uh, you know, he was worth, let's see, he was worth 2.6 war in that first year, and that was not his career high. It's his third best season. Uh, but he was a good player in that first year at age 29. That's not the worst thing to go out and add, is a guy who uh, can step in right away. Uh, the player that was taken by the, uh, and didn't sign with the White Sox, Turner Gill, I distinctly remember talking about this, because that is the same Turner Gill who'd go on to become the uh, college coach, football coach. He was a football player. So those are the the players who didn't sign. That's the last really sneak through the cracks. Let's talk about most money. Most money ever given to a second round pick, Nolan Jones at $2.25 million. They paid him like a first rounder. That's one of those things with Will Benson when they made that selection. Uh, Benson cut a slight underslap deal. He still got more money than Nolan Jones, but they used that money and essentially made it that you know, I've talked about it many times. It's a trade down. When you do the idea of signing someone significantly under slot, you're trading down to pass that money on. Second highest, Dylan Howard, worst second round pick in team history. There's no way around it. Uh, came back the first year out of shape by all accounts uh, after being signed. Then he uh, got hit with, um, you know, I think it was. Like it, I can't remember exactly what it was, and I'm not going to do anything that can get me in trouble by making a wrong quote. But then he was suspended, and he essentially pitched one year in Arizona, and that was it for 1.85 million. Not bad money if you can get it. I do, yeah. He was he was a first round graded guy a lot of places. I loved the pick. It was just it's the worst pick in franchise history. Trey Haley got the third highest bonus. The only reason they were able to sign him in 2008 was when they did the great sign. Uh, you know they trade off a bunch of players like Paul Bird and essentially just took the money savings and put it in the draft. Uh, Haley was a million-dollar arm and didn't hear the best reports about the mental aspects. Going to just leave it there at that and move on. don't want to be derogatory towards anyone, but um, like I said, the arm was really good. He got some opportunities with other teams, but it just, it, yeah. Doug Nikhazy, recent pick, is the fourth highest at 1.2, and he's actually tied with LeVon Washington. Good old Wash time. If you remember, Washington had been a high pick for the Rays, didn't sign. Uh, went to the Indians as a high pick, second rounder in uh, 2010. The 2010-2011, boy, did that not work out. Washington had some problems staying healthy. Uh, that first year, he only had 12, three games, and it was 79 games in 2011. 2012, 13 games. 2013, 61 games. And then it was 70 in 2014, and then 48 in 2015. And after that, he was an independent ball. He was an exciting, toolsy kid, but just health was not there. 
big personality. I understood why they gambled on him. Didn't work out. And if you want to count all of those players, then the next highest bonus, Logan Allen. Uh, and then after that, Tommy Mace. Players who got over a million, Grant Hawken, Hotchkin, who was related to Harmon Killebrew. Uh, I think he got like the yips, essentially. And that was kind of the end of it for him. Yordas Valdez, who... Listen, I didn't love the pick of the time because I didn't think he'd ever hit. We'll see if it works out. Great glove. I don't know if he's going to hit. Uh, and then Wes Hodges. I didn't realize he got that much money. Hodges was... When this organization was at a bad point in time, Hodges uh, was one of their top three to four prospects, and he hit really well in the lower minors. And again, maybe I should check before I state something like this. Like he he seemed to be a really interesting hitter when I was first covering baseball, right? Like when he second year he goes to high A immediately once being drafted, two eighty eight, three sixty seven, four seventy three. That's solid. Then it's a two ninety, three fifty four, four sixty six slugging in a second year. Uh, in double a i mean he's up to double a in year two gets up to triple a and problem is like he never ever approached those first two year numbers like he never posted an ops over 800 again it just didn't it's it's a weird thing where he can go and and it's not 104 games 133 games 450 plate appearances 573 even when he went back down to double a he couldn't find success it's it's weird how that can happen uh, other names after him, Quentin Holmes, that's, hasn't worked out. Logan Ice, we've heard me, uh, go on and on about, uh, we'll, you know, we can kind of leave it there, but that's, those are your guys. Hodges is last to get a seven figure bonus who have been the most productive players. Well, there is one player above all when it comes to second round production. We're going to take a break, come back and do that. I know, I know, but there is a clear King. And if you read my article, I had to have been like 2013, maybe 2012, when I did every single round, the top uh, round pick, and talked about the other players in Indians history back when I was writing at Indians Prospect Insider. Or I guess it was Indians Baseball Insider by then. Uh, it is the same player it was then. That's that's my tease. We'll come back and talk about who have been the second round picks that have worked and what has been a largely horrible round for the Cleveland baseball team and their evaluations. Football's over, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And football might be over, but I bet you they got draft stuff. Come on, the draft is a national holiday if you're a Cleveland fan. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and odds right to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about trends and get in on the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay. If you said Joey Bell, we're just not going to even bother to bury it. Good old Albert Bell is, let's put it this way. If you add the number two and number three players, both of who were all-stars, they give you a value of 37.8. Albert Bell is a 40.1, and that's someone whose career ended early due to a hip. Uh, You know, his final year was he had a degenerative hip disorder age 33 he was still had a 8.17 ops people don't appreciate just i mean peak albert bell had 50 home runs 73 walks and 80 strikeouts in that 1995 year like he was he's one of the best outfielders in indians history at peak there's you he is it's just offensively what he did was amazing but Albert Bell, and back, if you read that piece back in the day, and I can't remember the exact year, I could probably dig it out, 
And Jason Kipnis, we're talking about those big money signings. By the way, he only got 575000 He was not a big money guy in 2009 at all. Uh, but when I wrote that piece, let's see, Kipnis, his first year, I, I wrote that I projected that there's a chance that Kipnis could get more than Bell, that he could break a 40. And maybe it was 2013, because like 2013, by that point in time, in terms of war, he had a he would have been worth uh, about basically 10 war, and he's age 26. You're seeing him go through like his peak years. It's like, okay, uh, to get to 30 over the next 10 years, he needs to get three a year to get to 36. And I'm like, oh, that could be possible. Three a year, have some high, maybe some low. Yeah, he should he should have a good chance of getting there. Unfortunately, I mean, he only broke, you know, we talked about Kipnis is a weird case. He just, the second halves were not good. He had the awesome year in 2015, and then it was just essentially slight downhill every year after that. 2016 was still solid, and then it was just, I mean, he hit 30 and had just that old school aging curve, but he is still by, you know, not necessarily by far, but he is solidly the number two player uh, amongst number two round picks. Third, Sean Casey. And that's really your triumvirate of talent. After that, it starts to dip. Fourth best second rounder in franchise history, Neil Heaton, taken in 1981. Fifth best, John Farrell. Yes, that John Farrell. Oklahoma State, <laughs> tying it in uh, at a 7.2. Sixth best, Herbert Perry at a 5.1. Seventh, Stephen Wright. Not the comedian, the pitcher from the University of Hawaii, who they gave away for Lars Anderson, right? That was the deal. Uh, so we said that seven, eight would be Jim Umbarger, but he didn't sign in 1971. Uh, Herbert Perry was 91 out of Florida and Wright was 2006. So seven, eight is Chris Bando, longtime backup catcher, uh, out of Arizona state nine, Kevin Wickander from Grand Canyon university. 10 is Andy Allenson, who was only worth 0.8 war. Like he wasn't even worth a full win for his career. That's still good enough for 10th. Uh, Nick Sandlin's already 12th. Like, Sandlin's going to break the top 10. It's going to be hard not to. Uh, it's cra- You can go down. The lowest technical score of anyone is Daryl Whitmore, who we did a whole thing last year about, like, his amazing story. Uh, he is much more than the, I mean, in my knowledge base, he was the guy who, oh, he got weirdly selected in the Rule 5 draft. I don't know why they took him, but good for the uh, good for the Indians at the time. And it's more that, like, he was a football and baseball star who overcame a lot and had some really interesting um, performance data. Uh, he just, him getting selected was really unfortunate for the Guardians and for him as a player. That, that normally I'm all about like, yeah, Rule 5 is great and this and that. In the expansion draft, it just, that was unfortunate. He got rushed to the majors, um, went to an organization that was just setting up a minor league system. It, it was ugly. It's it just sad. It's uh, really sad in general that that's the way that that played out. Because um, I think he could have been good. And you can go find that draft class to uh, if you want to read a bit more up on that. Uh, the interesting thing is outside of Jim Umberger, every other second rounder who made it to the majors was actually one they signed. Now, there's not a lot of second round picks that didn't sign in general. Going through, I see him and I see Kurt Dempsey in 1984, who, you know, obviously, like I said, he didn't get back to the big leagues, but I think that's it. I think you have just the two. Uh, We talked about all the players they've lost. In terms of compensation picks they gained, that year they had the four picks in the round two, which was Stephen Wright, Josh Rodriguez, Matt McBride, and Pat Asborn. Asborn? 
Pat Osborne was because uh, Scott Ellerton, Bob Howery, Kevin Mowood, and Marty Cordova. Uh, other comp picks, David Segui turned into Jake uh, Dittler, losing Mike Jackson, Brian Tallett. Albert Bell was a second-round comp pick because of, I believe, because the White Sox also signed. No, they didn't sign Alex Fernandez. He went somewhere else. Maybe they got a first and a second, I have to see. But the second-round pick turned into Edgar Cruz. Uh, Daryl Whitmore was actually from Pete O'Brien. And Kurt Dempster, who I talked about not signing, was for uh, compensation from the Athletics for Larry Sorenston. Overall, 63 players, 22 to the big leagues, 104.6 war. If you're like, well, how does that compare to the first round? First round had, as opposed to 22, it had 39 make it to the big leagues. And instead of 106, it had 326. So more than double. Uh, I mean, I guess you could see a drop-off. I don't know if you expect it to be that much. But it just comes down to this team has essentially drafted three above-average starters in the second round. And they've had a lot of very high picks. Uh, we don't necessarily have the time on today's show. I mean, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do the best one with each one. They've picked second in the second round uh, one to five times, right? And uh, Kevin Wickander is the best of that group. They've never had the third. Fourth is John Farrell is your best. Fifth, it's Tom McMillan. Sixth, Daryl Whitmore. And Justin Hoyman. There's a flashback name for me from when I was early days of writing. Uh, seventh, I kind of want to say Jake Dittler, just because he got close, and I don't really recognize the other names from the 60s and the 70s, and it's definitely not Dylan Howard, because he's the worst second-round pick in franchise history. Uh, picking eighth, Pat Bryan is the only one out of uh, Grover Cleveland High School in California. Ninth, uh, when you want to say Jim Umbarger, just because he made the big leagues, but Andy Gelfie's the only one who actually signed. Tenth, it's Bando. Eleventh, and I thought Casey Witten was an interesting pitcher. That's another throwback. But like he was an interesting pitcher like when I was a kid. I think I just heard about him when he was moving through the minors. Uh, I don't really have... He was another one of those health guys, I want to say. But he you know, he was a lefty you could miss bats. He was supposed to be one of those guys who was going to help that core team back in the day. Uh, your other choice would be Jim... Well, I mean, well, the problem is, I mean, Andy Allenson, Mark Ballinger were also 11th. So it's it's Allenson. But Witten was a throwback. Uh, 12, Jim Wilson made it to the big leagues out of Oregon State. 13, I'm sorry, and 12 also had Stephen Wright. So, sorry, Jim Wilson. I can't read today. Not wearing my glasses. Stephen Wright's the best. 13th had Josh Rodriguez, Herbert Perry, and Neil Heaton. That's right. Two of the top five. They took 13th overall in the second round. Uh, sorry, Herbert Perry. It's Neil Heaton. 14th. Uh, Nolan Jones maybe has a chance. We'll see, but it's Kipnis at, at this point in time. It's hard not to take him. 15th is Albert Bell. So how about that though? 13th, 14th, 15th. They have been, that is the majority of their entire value in this draft. That is also the majority of their picks. And they've had a lot of high picks, but 13, 14, 15 is where they have been successful when it comes to the second round. No, no one at 16, 17 is Juan Hillman. It's the only one there. No one at 18. 19 is Logan Allen and Mitch Brown. I'm going to bet on Logan Allen doing more than Mitch Brown did. Uh, Mitch Brown was no one I really loved that pick. Was not on, he just, he didn't have enough. Uh, 20th, Zach Sorenston is the one there over Hodgkin. I remember for a long time, like, Zach Sorenston, let's see, let's just go this other fact. Uh, Let's see, was Zach Sorenston... 
he was he was taken in 1998, uh, and then they did not have a big leaguer who was drafted in the second round as a hitter get to the big leagues until I believe Matt McBride made it. Like, what year would that have been? You know, let's see what year he got up to the big leagues. 2012, and he didn't get up with the Indians. That's right, I'd forgotten about his. Uh, he was a good athlete at the catcher position, so it might be Josh Rodriguez. But essentially, from you know ten, you know, you're talking. Let's see when Josh. This is expanded. Uh, trying to pull this up, it just hit me as I was going through. But you know, he got to the big leagues in 2011. So from 1998 to 2011, no, no one got to the big. Or well, he was taken in 1998, but that's that's the gap. I remember that being a story and reading that in the Beacon. Essentially, is uh, the drought had gone that long. Uh, speaking of going long, we don't really have time to keep going in terms of the best picks with each spot. I know, I know. Uh, I guess we can do it. Okay, rapid fire. Here we go. Point two, Slocum made it to the big leagues. He's the only one who's done it. 23, Sean Casey uh, is the top player. Nick Sandlin, only one to get to the big leagues at 24. Wetch Hodges, your only guy at 25. Only 26 was Mark Folsom. 27, Rob Vale is the only one. 28, I'm going to guess Ryan McDermott has gone farther than Quentin Holmes has managed. At 30, Trey Haley is your only one. No one at 29. 31, we talked about Matt McBride. Hey, at least he got to the big leagues. Uh, and then 33, Tommy Mace. And 35, Ty Freeman. Those guys uh, already have their spot locked up. Some players who could maybe break this curse, but uh, the second round's been a bad round for the Cleveland baseball team. I hope you've had a good time, though, and this has not been a bad episode. Let me know what you think. Hit me up with questions at my Twitter, at JeffMLBDraft. You always help drive the content that way. And we're just going to get to it. And as we end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.